0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcast. Thank you and we hope you enjoy. Okay, good morning everybody. It is a great time of year. I love Christmas time. Um, are you in the mood for Christmas yet? Um, all the lights and the... Uh, Christmas music is going shopping. You have your shopping done? How many people have actually have your shopping done? I'm just curious. Not that many. How many people have not started yet? (laughs) So, can we uh, do a exercise here together? Sing with me. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go, that sounds really great. You guys sound good. (laughs) We have been talking about traditions and that's kind of our theme for this month. Um, I wanna do some reminiscing uh, because Christmas traditions are so much of uh, how Christmas impacts us and we remember things with our family from years ago because of those traditions uh, I remember as a little boy uh, having a pocket full of money and just being in the store and walking up one aisle and down the other just looking for gifts for my family members. I had no idea what I was looking for, but you just look carefully at everything, you know, and you go slowly th- through. That was uh, what I did every year. It was kind kind of a tradition uh, that I remembered. Decorating the house was a big deal back then. It's not to me now, but it was then because... <laughs> Uh, it got you ready, and so I, I was actually the often the first one in my house that was talking about let's start decorating, let's get this stuff going. Uh, I, I pushed that um, because it made me feel like, man, uh, you know we're we're here already after Thanksgiving. It's Christmas time. Let's get it going, caroling. Any of you ever went caroling, have, or have a tradition of it? We don't do that anymore, do we? Um, We would get together as a church group, and we'd go to a rest home, and we would go up one aisle and down or hallway and down another hallway, and we would, uh, after we'd sung to the people, we'd go and greet them in their rooms, great thing to do. And then um, we would drive to different people's houses that we knew, and we would stand outside and sing Christmas carols, and then uh, go back to somebody's home, I believe it would be, and have hot chocolate and maybe some cider. Uh, What a great memory. Uh, those things just stand out in your mind. They were significant and they were important. The Christmas play, um, when I was a kid, uh, and if you've ever uh, seen a Charlie Brown Christmas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But every year, I would find myself on stage in a bathrobe and a beard, um, fake beard, (laughs) and crown and holding a wrapped gift And in front of a manger scene where there's straw and a baby doll lying uh, on that straw. Um, And sometimes we would even do a play. Like, we would have to learn lines and practice that play. You know, it would be a little Christmas play. We would do that quite often. Uh, And then, of course, at the end of the Christmas service, when we did the play, the biggest part of the night was getting the Christmas candy bag. Do you know what I'm talking about? So it was a little bag, and you would get peanuts, sh- like, in shells, and hard can't cr- candy. I called it Christmas candy. Uh, it was not individually wrapped. That, we, nothing like that. Just candy, and there might be an orange in there or something like that, and some other good things. Things I remember about Christmas. And then, of course, the school program, which was the Christmas program. It was not the winter program or holiday program. It was the Christmas program. Um, Many Christians have become, or many, <laughs> no, many traditions have become a chore for me, if I'm honest, putting up those lights. I do it, but I don't really enjoy it. I don't, I don't enjoy <laughs> going up and down that ladder. The tree, it's okay once it's up and in place, but I don't take a lot of joy anymore in getting it, you know, we used to hunt for a tree at a tree lot, we have a fake one now, and it's in three sections, and we have to... It's an ordeal, an absolute ordeal to get that thing up. And then the decorating. Um, my wife still enjoys the decorating of the tree. I don't really understand why she enjoys that. I don't. I, I don't know what has changed. It's just, it's not the same anymore, but I enjoy it once it's up. You know, it makes me feel like, oh, Christmas is here. Uh, and then there's the, the um, cards. Man... It is a chore, and I, I do enjoy giving, uh, those of you that get cards from us, I enjoy doing it, but um, I don't. <laughs> I think it's a good thing, because we stay in touch with relatives and fam- friends from a long time ago, and I think that's a good thing, but somehow over the years, this became my job. I don't know how that happened, it was just, <laughs> Uh, it was just a subtle shift, and now that's our family tradition. I'm the one that's in charge of cards, and I've got to get on that, I'm realizing. Um, <laughs> in our home, with uh, when our girls were growing up, uh, one tradition that we did that we really enjoyed was on Christmas Eve, we would uh, come together as a family and read the Christmas story from the Bible, and then we would have a uh, uh, birthday cake for Jesus. And that was something that we did every year, and it was a way of reminding our kids this is what it's about. We're celebrating his birthday. Uh, When our kids left home, we didn't, for whatever reason, we didn't carry that tradition on anymore. But of course, Christmas is about Jesus, isn't it? That's what it's about. So uh, when we think of traditions, I think that they have value when they remind us of Jesus, when they speak to us of of Jesus or of of God the Father in some way, those are the traditions that uh, really have value to us. In the Old Testament, the uh, Jewish people had annual feasts. They would have the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Passover, and Tabernacles, and there were some others. These were annual times for reminding the people of what God had done in the past and how he had blessed the people and how his blessings were current. So every year it was a reminder And I think Christmas has value in that way. Every year, uh, it's a good reason for us to celebrate Christmas, because it's a reminder of what God has done for us, and it reminds us of his blessings. And uh, that's that's where he wants us to get the significance out of it. It's it's who he is and what he has done for us. So I think that uh, that's where Christmas, the, the the traditions have values when they do remind us in some way of him so i want to focus in on the the one tradition that we all do and the interesting thing is not only do we do this tradition but non other people that are not of the christian faith if they're uh, you know uh, uh, some kind of a western european Uh, ancestry, or even others worldwide, is is giving gifts. Um, I don't know how worldwide that is, but uh, everybody here, at least, whether they're Christians or not, gives gifts. So I wanna look at that today, and we're going to raise the question, what does that speak to us concerning God and his nature and what he has done? So God is, by nature, a giver. That's where we wanna start today. He gives, it is who he is. So James 1.17, we're going to look at some scripture first of all. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own Son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Matthew 7.7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That's so true. He gives us good things. One more, 2 Peter 1.3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. God is a giving God, that is who he is by nature, and I think that he delights to give us good things, it's it's part of who he is, and when we take joy in giving to each other, um, it is not evolution who put that impulse, that desire within us. It is part of how we were created, that desire to give, not just to receive gifts, not even primarily to receive, but to give. That is an impulse that we were designed with by our, our creator. So we wanna, I want to go into what some of the specific gifts are that God has given to us. And we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, Verses 3 through 8. The passage is longer, and I'm going to pull out some specific gifts. But let's look at the passage, Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself it's an amazing uh, list that you could put together, a massive list of what God has given to us. I, I started to do that, and I realized I'm not going to get very far through this list, so I picked out some very uh, significant gifts that God has given to us, and they're in this passage. And the first that I, I looked at it is adoption. Uh, there, it's in verse 5. So it says in verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of of his will. Uh, Adoption refers to the place and the status condition of a son that is given to him when it doesn't belong naturally to him. He's given a place and a position in a family that was not his automatically. I think unless um, you've experienced adoption in some way you probably don't fully comprehend. We've got people in our congregation who are adopted And I know we've got several families who have adopted children, and so I think that you will get it, the significance and the power of adoption. Um, Have you ever watched adoption videos on YouTube? Um, I can't get through those videos without crying, and I am not a crier. Um, And I challenge you to try to do that. Uh, Look look up those. It captures a child at the moment that they find out they're adopted, or maybe the papers have been signed, it doesn't always go this way, but so many of them do. It's an emotional movement, and it speaks to the power of what that transaction is to a child and what it means to them. Um, God has adopted us into his family. He's given us a place and a priv- privilege and a status that we did not naturally have. But he brought us in and placed us there and made us to be his children, his son, his daughter, with all the status and privileges that go with that, The second thing that I've picked out from this particular passage, the gift of grace, and that is a tremendous gift that God has given to us. And we must not uh, treat that lightly or forget about that. I want to just look at some of the scriptures again. It's, uh, grace is referred to several times in this passage. Uh, verse 6 says, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he blessed us in the beloved. And then... Um, Verse seven, at the end of of verse seven says, according to the riches, the riches of his grace. And verse eight, which he lavished upon us with all wisdom and insight. Grace is literally, the word means favor or goodwill that is given by God to us. There's an emphasis upon its freeness. He didn't owe it to us. And we didn't deserve it. He just delights in giving us his favor and his goodwill. So the last um, term there, this is in verse 8, literally means to abound. It's with which he caused grace to abound. Uh, An abundance is in that word. And so my translation says he lavished his grace upon us. Not just a little bit. He didn't give goodwill and favor to you just a little bit, but he lavished it upon you just a whole lot freely when you didn't deserve it. Do, do we deserve it? Usually not. Often we don't. But that's when God has, has reached into our lives and given us something that we did not deserve. The third thing I want to point out in this uh, passage in Ephesians, the third gift is redemption. That's in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. Redemption means to secure release by paying a ransom payment. So there's a, tra- a, a payment involved, something of value. Um, it's uh, related to the idea of redemption is deliverance. And for us, it's deliverance from the power of sin in our lives, the power of evil. We were delivered from those things, from the power and effects. And there's an emphasis here upon the price of that has been paid, and the passage says it was the blood of Christ. So we were ransomed, we were delivered from the powers that held us under by the price of his blood. There's a preciousness there, and we dare dare not treat that lightly. And the result of redemption is we are released from the grip of those things to belong to Jesus It's like we're now his purchased possession. It goes right together with adoption and his grace. These things all come together uh, because there has been a price paid for us. And the last one I want to point out here, so many gifts, even in this passage in Ephesians that we could point out, but I'm just going to do four of them. But the next one is forgiveness. Verse seven says, In him we have the forgiveness of our trespasses. Whatever you have done, in your life that you're not particularly proud of, and we have all done things that we're not proud of. You're released. There's a a clean slate. It's wiped clean. A tremendous, tremendous gift that he has given you and me. Um, The idea of forgiveness is so well captured in the song by We the Kingdom, Holy Water, and uh, you'll think of the tune as I Give you some of the lyrics here. Powerful, powerful lyrics. Your forgiveness is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's the sound of a symphony to my ears. Isn't that powerful? The sound of a symphony to my ears like holy water on my skin. One of the most powerful uh, segments of the Chosen TV series was that episode when Mary Magdalene comes to Jesus, and she has a sinful past, and she comes to Jesus, and in that encounter with Jesus, she realizes that she has been released from that past, and there is a emotion, and there is just a transformation in that moment that comes upon her, that it, they, they captured it, they captured it. One of the most significant episodes, they caught what it was that she felt, that changed her life that day. Forgiveness is a powerful, powerful gift that God has given to us. But that leads us to, and again, we could go on and on with the gifts that God has given to us, but it leads us to the most significant gift of Christmas that God has given to us, and that is the gift of his son. As our redeemer, as our our deliverer, as our savior, he gave us his son, and that truly was the greatest gift gift of christmas romans eight thirty two. he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things see there again is the giving god and he gave his own son up and of course john three sixteen. for god so loved the world that he gave his son so christmas is about a gift giving god and the heart of his giving was in the giving of his son. Everything else is part of that. That was truly the greatest gift. And it's why we give gifts at Christmas. If you wanted to know the reason, now now you know the, the reason. And isn't it interesting that when we give gifts, we're, we're paying tribute to a gift-giving God, but all those people that don't know Jesus, who give gifts as part of their Christmas tradition, are actually paying tribute to God, <laughs> And the gift of His Son, they don't know it. They don't know. They don't know why we give gifts. They just know that's what we do at Christmas, and everybody does it, right? They most of them don't have a clue as to why they're doing that. But what they're doing is paying tribute to God and the gift of His Son. I think that is a tremendous, tremendous thing. That um, uh, you just it, it, it would be a joy to let people know. You know why you're giving gifts? Sometimes just try that out. Why Why do you do that? <laughs> so. We cannot let the significance and meaning end there. That's significant enough in and of itself. But we've got to take it one step further, and that is how this applies to us. And this is the thing. God wants you to be like him. That means he wants you to be a giver. And we've got to take it there. Don't stop short. He wants you to be a giver by nature like he is which means he wants you to become generous. And that is something, if you're not generous by nature, um, that might be something for you to really let sink in this, this year um, as you are celebrating Christmas. He wants your nature to change to be like his. So his generosity is our example. It's the way he wants us to be. Um, The more we are transformed to be like Jesus, the more generous we will become. I think that's a general, almost a mathematical truth. The more you are transformed to the nature of Jesus, the more generous you will become in general in your life. You will become a giver like God is a giver. Uh, Psalm 37, 21 The wicked borrows, but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. This is speaking about financial giving. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, but for God loves a cheerful giver. And the way that this worked out in the early church, in the book of Acts, we see in Acts 2 44 to 46, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. I'll have to be honest with you today and say that uh, I have not normally in my adult life (laughs) been a generous person. Things have changed uh, more recently, in my adulthood, in all honesty, um, and as I look as to why that is, what, why didn't I uh, become more of a generous person in my life, um, we become a lot like our parents, and my mother defined the word frugal. <laughs> she, if you want to know what's frugal like, you could look at my mom. She knew how to handle money, and I learned some money skills from my mother. My wife will give testimony to that, but I think part of it in a negative sense, there's a lot of good things in frugality, okay, not negative on that, but I think uh, part of it in my life was uh, I did not turn out generous as a young adult, it's only, uh, I've had to learn and step into that role of being generous, but it wasn't natural to me, it just, we didn't have much money for one thing, and uh, it, it was hard, and I held on to every dollar, and dime, and nickel, <laughs> You know, you, you get down to precise am- amounts. Um, in my early ad- adulthood, tipping was really hard. And I begrudgingly gave 10%, maybe 12%. Um, and, you know, the thinking was something like, well, uh, God get, get, gets 10%, why should the server get more than God gets, right? Something <laughs> along those lines. It is a good point. <laughs> and I, I gradually got better and up to 15%, um, and I think I'm doing better than that now, um, really. Um, tithing was another thing that in my early adulthood was difficult. Uh, I hung on to that money, and we didn't have much of it. And I just, it was hard to... to let it go. And so I moved away from a, well, I don't, we, we're not going to be legalistic about this. I mean, the, the legalism of tithing is from the Old Testament, right? And so uh, we give according to our means and as we can. The, the important thing is not the percentage or the amount, but it's that I give, right? And so I would, that was my mentality uh, for many, many years. Um, slowly, God, and it's God, I think, has changed my heart on this. And to be honest, it's been more recent in my adult life. The last several years, uh, God has changed my thinking on this. I can remember a time when um, uh, another couple in church gave us, just out of the blue, $100. And this is at a time when $100 was a lot of money, and that was very, very meaningful. And I could see that uh, they just enjoyed doing that, blessing us with that. And it's sad to say that uh, back in those days, I can't... Ever, and I'm sorry to say this, but I can't ever remember a time when we did that to someone else, when we blessed someone by just giving an amount of money like that. I don't think we ever did that. And I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry that it was like that. Uh, another example, we were at a restaurant with a group of Christians. I just remember this years ago, and at the end we were paying the bill and we just all put money into the middle of the table. Okay? And my wife, Puts, just throws in a $20 bill. Well, our, our bill that night had been about $12. And I came away really frustrated. Maybe closer to angry. <laughs> we didn't know that much. Why'd you put that much in there? But you see, she by nature is a very generous person. That's, that's who she is. And uh, I wasn't. And um, I, th- I think that I've had, have t- needed to learn some things uh, from her. So more recently in years, I've, I think I have learned more about generosity. And what you learn when God changes your heart on this, what you learn is that there's a freedom. You're released from being controlled by money, and that's that's what it is. And then the second thing you learn is that there's a joy in being able to bless somebody, and and that is a tremendous, tremendous joy. We are actually able to give regularly now to several uh, Christian organizations, and we do it joyfully. It's, uh, I mean, God, just cha- God can change your heart on this. If you're struggling in this area, God can change your heart. And uh, if you let him do it, he will do it. I want to touch on some other ways in which God wants us to be givers like him. He wants us to extend mercy to people. Mercy, that's the nature of God. Uh, mercy is the act of having of acting towards others out of pity or compassion when, one, there is a need that you become aware of, two, you have resources to meet that need. That's mercy. And God wants us to learn that, that principle. That's a way that we can give. We become givers by extending mercy. Jesus was, a, it says in Scripture, a merciful and faithful high priest. And so when you extend mercy to others, you're emulating Jesus himself. Another way that I think God wants us to learn to give is to extend grace to others. We have talked earlier about his grace to us. Uh, Well, he wants you to turn around and be gracious in the way that you deal with people, and that is a gift. When you deal with people graciously, that is a true uh, gift from God. Grace, again, is undeserved favor. When When you deal with someone through grace, do they deserve it? Often, not. But yet, you're... Acting like God who extended grace to you. And so you're turning around and you're being a giver like God, giving back grace to others who don't deserve it, but God is changing your heart, giving people favor when they don't deserve it. Another gift that I really believe God wants you to give, perhaps to someone this Christmas time, is forgiveness. Forgiveness. It's a gift. Um, And that might be the greatest gift that you could give a family member or a friend this year at Christmas who perhaps at some point, uh, for some reason you've had a grudge, you've been offended by something, perhaps years ago, but just hasn't left to release that. Just set it free. That's a gift that uh, you could give this Christmas that would be very, very meaningful, just giving a gift of, of forgiveness. So... When you are giving presents this year, um, let's be reminded of the reason why we're doing that. It has a reason, it's not for no reason that we've developed that tradition. We're celebrating and remembering God as the gift giver who gave us the great gift that he has given to us and that's the gift of his son. And so we're honoring him and that gift, the gifts that he gives us and especially the gift of his son But let's not let the meaning of Christmas stop there. Let's let the significance of Christmas extend to us and let it change who you are. Perhaps you're already there, but perhaps God's still working on you as he was in me for many, many years before something snapped. I don't mean snapped uh, uh, in an unusual way, but it it clicked. Better, Better word, clicked. Something clicked. And uh, I realized, hey, this is not such a bad thing. In fact, there's real, there's real freedom here, and there's real joy in being able to, to just give because God himself gave. So let's learn to be generous, be a gift giver like God. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back to the uh, stage right now. And would you just bow your heads as we pray this morning. Thank you, Lord, for... Uh, who you are and the nature that you have uh, given us a, as an example of giving. And let us remember as we uh, give gifts this year, Lord, why we're doing it, what it's about. Uh, you are the giver. You are, you are the giver. And the gifts that you have given to us are very, very significant, and especially that gift of your Son. And so we just rejoice and we, we celebrate uh, your giving to us this year, Lord. And if we're not there yet, I pray, Lord, uh, for those that struggle, and I know because I struggled for many years with this very issue, and I pray for those, Lord, that struggle with generosity, that you would do the work, Lord, in just changing the heart. It's it's an inward thing. It's a by-nature thing. We've got to have a change of thinking to be able to release, release that which you have blessed us with. And so I just pray that you would work that in hearts here, Lord, that you would release when we... Uh, have not been able to get to that place yet in our life. And so we thank you for that. And thank you, Jesus, because you truly were the greatest gift that we could ever have received. Amen.